On today's Community Perspective, we revisit an issue that's been plaguing people all over the nation for quite some time, mental health. We talked with Franklin County Sheriff Jeff Richards back in May, and he went over the mental health stressors that he and law enforcement have in their daily lives. They deal with violence, hate, crimes against children, injuries and death, and other people's mental health concerns. Every day they're on the job, and this can take a toll on anyone and everyone. He talks about some of the ways his department deals with those hard times and what they do to cope with things like burnout and mental fatigue. Mental health is a growing problem in our community and all communities around the world as people are under more and more pressure to provide basic needs for their family. Good morning and welcome to KOFO's Community Perspective. Today we're talking with Franklin County Sheriff Jeff Richards. Jeff, good morning. Good morning. I'd like to give you a chance just to introduce yourself and to tell us a little bit about your career. All right. Well, my name is Jeff Richards. I am currently serving as a Franklin County Sheriff. I've been in this role since 2013. Have over 30 years of law enforcement experience, and I most recent before coming to this position, I was working with the Overland Park Police Department as a detective. But I've done a variety of things throughout my law enforcement career, everything from just work and patrol to detectives to traffic and SWAT and motorcycles. And uh, so I, I've got to experience a lot of things. It's been a great career for me. All right. Sounds like fun. Motorcycle, huh? Oh, yeah. All right. Good deal. We've seen a big jump in mental health needs all across the nation, especially the past couple of years, it seems like. And the law enforcement community gets the brunt of that. They get to see a lot of that. Can you tell us some of the issues that you and your deputies may have seen in the public in just the past couple of years? From what we are seeing... That aligns with the reports that we hear, that there's an increase of people suffering from mental illness and not necessarily just the illness itself, but more people that are that find themselves in crisis because either it's, it's a series of events that has happened or they're not going to their counseling, they're not taking their treatments or their meds or things, and so they end up in a crisis situation. And we're, we see that happen a little more frequently than, than we used to. Any specific areas? Uh, I know that I, I know that during the pandemic there, there seemed to be an increase in drug use mm-hmm. and even uh, marital issues. Anything that you're seeing in that regard? Um, I would say that there is a close tie with um, substance abuse. That doesn't mean that everyone that has mental illness has a substance abuse problem. I'm not saying that. But sometimes people will try to self-medicate. And if they, things like that, often the drugs that people are using today that are out there on the streets, they cause people to have psychosis and different mental issues just based off of what the, what these drugs do to their brain. And so um, I do think there's a close tie with uh, many of those incidents that we deal with. And plus you're closed up all day for a while. You're closed up and yeah. you're spending more time than you actually ever do with your family. So yeah. I can yeah. see how there should be, could be some stressful times there. Yeah. Well, your profession, speaking of stressful times, is pr- the most stressful of any out there. Uh, what kind of mental health needs uh, do those in law enforcement experience in well, general? Well, in general, um, we employ people. Yeah. So we are not immune to any of those situations or anything that anyone else in society um, is not immune to. Mm-hmm. We do go through a pretty good selection process and hiring process where we were one of the few professions where 
to get on that job, you're, you have to have a background check. You've gone through polygraphs. You've gone through a psychological evaluation. So we know that the person that we're getting is is a pretty sound person, uh, right. typically. I mean, to uh, be certified in law enforcement, um, you have to show the state that that person has had the psychological evaluation to say that they're stable to do this job. That said, there are issues do arise. And so if we know that they were well coming into it and mm-hmm. now they have issues, then obviously – it has something to do with, with what they're experiencing on the job and the effects of the job on them. And so, but those can be range anything we have in our profession. This isn't going to be like a recruiting slogan here, but we have, <laughs> we, there's a, there's a high divorce rate amongst uh, not just law enforcement, but first responders in general. Right. There are some substance abuse problems um, within the ranks. Suicide has been on an increased um, occurrence um, the past few years for first responders as well. So we, we're doing what we can inside of our profession to try to, to bring those numbers down. And we kind of have a saying that we say, well, you were whole when you came in here, so we broke you, so we want it, we, we owe it to you, you to fix you. Mm-hmm. And so, but we're not, our, we're people. And so we're not immune for the same emotional stresses and situations that anyone else in society would be. And those fix-you situations um, handled in department and out of department, I'm sure. Is yes. Any type of programs that you have specifically that... We do. The county offers an EAP program, the Employee Assistance Program. So if someone is struggling with situations, they can they can go get help there. Inside our agency, we've developed an employee wellness and anti-fragility program. Wellness is pretty self-explanatory, but anti-fragility means that we want to front-load as much protection and tools for people so that they are not as fragile when they go into that situation. So if we can front-load some of that and kind of uh, preventative measures up front, then we believe that's going to prolong careers. It's going to make people happier, and it's going to allow us to provide a better a better service in the long run. And it's a good way for us to just take care of our employees and their families. We understand that in law enforcement, we sign up for the job, but people don't sign up to go see all the stuff that they have to right. see necessarily. Right. Most people that I interview them, uh, you know, hey, why do you want to be in law enforcement? And it's, well, I love this community. I want to serve and I want to help people. And that's what they're in it for. And that's the heart of just about every public servant, you know, whether it's a, you know, uh, it could be a, a teacher or uh, firefighters. EMS. It doesn't, doesn't matter that that's why they're doing that. But sometimes there's baggage that comes along with that and people can take that home. So we, we allow, and we find conferences and seminars for our people to go to, particularly with marriage seminars, law enforcement marriage seminars, or family conferences, so that the spouses and the, and the kids can also have that support to help get through things. And so when they see something in mom and dad, when they come home, they understand, okay, they're going through something. This is and they can recognize some of those some of those signs and symptoms, and then they can have some tools to know how to deal with that and and to help their loved one out. So we do we do that, and then we have a peer support team in place, um, some 
deputies that are trained in uh, they're not mental health experts but they're trained in how to do peer counseling and to help to come alongside a, a co-worker and help them through a situation and so we, we have a variety of programs and um some of that well it sounds like they know what they're getting into but they have no idea what they're getting into yes. it, it, there's a lot involved yeah. are any of those programs or are there any programs federally that are funded by the federal government that that they provide the uh <laughs> or anything like that there are different grants that they have for maybe a, like a crisis co-responder and mm-hmm. things like that but as far as the programs that we use and that, that seem to work for us we don't have any there's no federal grants or money involved with that at all. All right. Now, you've spoken in the past here. Um, actually, I think you spoke with me about this, about every person that's involved in any type of critical incident, mm-hmm. they're required to go through counseling, so mm-hmm. to speak. And you mentioned that a typical person has eight critical incidents in their life. However, a law enforcement officer may have over 200 mm-hmm. Uh, can you go over again what, how you attempt to deal with that? Yes. Um, a critical incident could be anything from a fatality crash, a traumatic event involving a child, or serious injuries that you see and things like that. It could be a wide variety of things, an assault on a deputy. It could be a variety of things. And we have a program, and it's called Critical Incident Stress Management. And we have people trained to do the critical incidents stress debriefings. And what it is, it's um, people that are, again, trained. And um, I'm familiar with the program. I was part of the uh, inaugural team up in Johnson County when we got things going up there. And so I've bought into this. And the way that I do it is I direct that all, if they're involved in a critical incident, they are assigned to go out. We tell them that they're going to go to this debriefing. The reason for that is that lots of times people, especially cops, will they have this persona that they want to go to, or there's a stigma associated with with going to someone for help. Mm-hmm. And so, if I direct them, then they're going because the sheriff's making them go because they may not want to admit that they really need to talk with someone. Also, the reason that we direct them to go is because someone else involved in that incident might need to hear what it is that that person has to say. We say that what they're dealing with here is lots of times they need to be reminded that they're having a normal reaction to an abnormal event. So we have this team that is made up of law enforcement and other first responders and mental health providers as well to go through and do a, a a debrief that is not about analyzing how everyone handled the call. That is not about it at all. It is about how did you um, mentally and emotionally react to what you had to do and to what you dealt with. And I believe it's a good program, so we work with that. During that debriefing, these trained people that are doing that are able to identify sometimes the people that may need some follow-up counseling, and then we're able we're able to provide that as well. Because you know most people in society, as you've mentioned, the numbers. Um, most people in society during their lifetime they might encounter eight critical incidents during their lifetime. And on average, a law enforcement officer will have 188 during their career. So sometimes it's more, 
could be less, but on average, it's 188 just during their 20 or 25 year career. That's a, that's a lot of critical incidents. That's a lot to think about to yeah. go through. So we need to make sure that we're that we're providing the tools that our people need, and so that we can take care of them because it's if they're struggling it's not just them but it's also their families it's also our community and everybody um, no one wins um, when someone's struggling with those type of things so we want to we want to help them out as best we can now those critical incident uh, deeper you said that's not just for deputies is that correct that's for anybody that's involved ems or that's correct we do if we have a critical incident that happens to and we've had them when there are like multiple fatality crashes mm-hmm. um especially with kids involved and it will be we have that for everyone dispatch fire ems uh, and then and all the law enforcement i can't make fire and ems go to that they don't they don't <laughs> right. work for me right right but their leadership also are believers in this program and so they get in there and go on you know Again, there's a stigma, and it's it, within our society. Unfortunately, there's still some people that think that it, it's weakness to to go to counseling, or that there's a stigma to mental illness, which I don't really understand because we don't, you know, you don't look down on someone when they because they have a heart attack or they have cancer or something. That's an illness or a disease, and, and mental illnesses should be considered the same thing. It's someone that, that is ill, that they need some treatment and, and some help there. And we're trying to remove that those barriers and those stigmas within our profession. And we're talking with Franklin County Sheriff Jeff Richard today. And speaking of that stigma, I know that it seems to me that the stigma is dropping a little bit just a little mm-hmm. bit i mean you've got a lot of famous people coming out saying they've had mental health crisis yep. mental health issues whether it's athletes politicians <laughs> actors things like that mm-hmm. i think that's it it's dropping a little bit a lot of a lot of word out there about the stigma trying to erase the stigma and say hey, everybody's got an issue yep. talk to somebody about it and yep. we're fortunate in franklin county i think to have a lot of resources um to deal with mental health issues that come up whether it's in whether it's within your department or for the public we have the elizabeth layton center a lot of really high quality departments to deal with mental health issues so hopefully that stigma is on its way out yeah i hope so i hope so too well law enforcement as we all know is just so stressful we talked about that a little bit burnout is a common problem mm-hmm. you mentioned it briefly just a few minutes ago can you talk about burnout yeah um really what that is is when someone real uh, gets into a this overwhelmed whether it be a situation or with their career their job different things and it's just gets to the point to where they just don't want to continue to do that anymore i mentioned that law enforcement suicide have increased and burnout can lead to that it can lead to people just leaving the profession early it's part of what leads to some of the substance abuse and the divorces and financial issues and and things it it creates a situation where someone has a a sense of hopelessness and um, just feels like they can't go on with that anymore that's why we try when you know like our anti-fragility program to try to front load that so that we can avoid those things but it's not just in our career field. It's not just in the law enforcement profession. You can see that worldwide. In, yeah, any yeah, anywhere, any and no matter what it is. And so we just need to, you know, 
try to identify some of the things that bring that on. One of the big things in law enforcement, most people, you, you just don't get into this profession if, you know, if your goal in life professionally is to just become wealthy. Um, because the, <laughs> it, it, if, if so, then, you know, you, know, you, you, chose, you made a bad choice, you <laughs> right. know, right? But we do know that financial issues can can be real. So that's why we provide some financial education and programming and stuff like that for our staff and their families so that we can try to alleviate any of those things. That's why we have the marriage seminars and things, because the struggles from job can go home, cause trouble at home. Once you don't have the support at home anymore, that now that you've got this extra burden on the job, those things can lead to you know to burnout quicker. We try to look at this from a whole person perspective, and hopefully we can prevent the burnout. You probably you're never going to eliminate it all, yeah, um, because some people no, it will are. Be there. Yeah, it, it will be there. Some people are not going to um, be open about about seeking help or talking with anyone to let anyone know where they are. Some people can be good actors and really hide things, you know. <laughs> you know, again, just talking in general. And so those are things that are there. And that in leadership, we have to kind of acknowledge that those things do exist. But that should never prevent us from putting into place the programs and the systems to help our people. Well, um, last week was um, National Police Week. And remembering all those officers that have lost their lives protecting others. Yeah. Franklin County's lost one deputy in the line of duty. Uh, That was Deputy Sam Smith. Can you talk a little bit about Sam? Yeah, I can. Um, Sam was an Ottawa kid. And I say kid because he was still very young. um, Good friend of my son's. When he died. He he was killed in in the line of duty in a uh, vehicle crash here in Franklin County on July 23rd of 2010. He was responding for a call to help. He was doing what he loved. And the thing that I like about talking about Sam. And I've got to know uh, a lot about Sam since I have been sheriff. I've become good friends with Sam's mom, Katie. Mm -hmm. Katie Smith serves on our board of directors for the Sheriff's Foundation. (laughs) And so there's a scholarship in in Sam's honor as well. And the reason that we we do that um, is because we want to keep Sam's memory alive, not just the fact that he was a Franklin County deputy that, that was killed, you know, on duty, but how he lived his life and the values and characteristics that he had, you know, his personality, those things, those didn't just come on him because he became a deputy. Those values and those drives and desires, that's what made him become a deputy. And that's the thing that I think is important is that Sam was a servant his whole life as a young child. You know, he was a you know, volunteer of the year. They, they had Sam Smith Day in, in Ottawa when, when he was young. He was on the uh, Kansas Volunteer Commission, uh, mm-hmm. then appointed by the governor, um, helped start the teen court here in, in uh, Franklin County. So he's <laughs> he was serving others his whole life. That's what he did, and um, which is what led him in, into law enforcement as a way to do that. And uh, we want to honor his memory and his dedication to service, uh, not because of um, the fact that he died in the line of duty, but because of how he lived his life. What else do you want people to know about uh, about your deputies, yourself, law enforcement in general, and, and what you have to go through on a day-to-day basis? Well, this year at a uh, during police week, there were 619 names added to the 
the law enforcement memorial wall mm. in Washington, D.C. Um, 472 of those died um, in 2021. Um, 147 were from previous years, but to to lose 472 law enforcement officers in one year is very significant. You combine that with just the you know the inherent risk that we have, and then a narrative that is that is out there on defund the police and um, just a lot of the stuff that is out there right now. Um, attacks on law enforcement, direct attacks, ambush attacks. Um, assaults those those have increased and despite all that and we've already talked about you know it's it's not a profession that you just go into to to become wealthy despite all that we have a group of men and women who are dedicated to serving the citizens of franklin county we have a good group of people from from the jail to our front office to the people you see out on patrol the detectives they all have a servant's heart that's why they got into this um because they they wanted to to serve this community they wanted to help help their neighbors out we are um, blessed here to have it have a good group of people to do that and so you know what you can look at lots of times in law enforcement we look at these big agencies well over 90 percent 92 percent i believe of all agencies in the country have less than 10 officers i mean most it's no, it's not less than 10, it's less than 50, I believe. Mm-hmm. But with this small small and rural law enforcement is really where most cops are in this right. country. But what most people see of law enforcement is a bad incident that happens at some large city. So when people talk about police reform, which I'm not saying that we cannot improve our profession, but you probably ought to, I believe the politicians should leave that to the people that understand our profession and not right. just not just go off on, you know, on, on their tangent. But if you really want to affect change in law enforcement and, and, and that aspect, it starts with, with the smaller agencies because that's where most cops are and so there is an effort to do that and we are part of that here in franklin county we are part of that um, an initiative to help to help improve our profession so that nationwide we provide better service to our communities and that the communities across this country understand that we are here to help that we're not the enemy we are the community we're the same people that you see at the grocery store and you sit next to a church and you know next to at ball games when we're watching our kids we're people too and this is just how we choose to serve. And we appreciate that tremendously of all the law enforcement in our area and around the nation. And we thank you very much for putting your lives out there for us. And we've been talking with Franklin County Sheriff Jeff Richards. Uh, Jeff, thank you for coming in. We always enjoy your time here. So well, thanks again. Thank you. You've been listening to KOFO's Community Perspective. Today, we revisited a topic discussed at length several months ago, mental health needs in our community. Today, Franklin County Sheriff Jeff Richards talked about the stressors his deputies are under every day that they're on the job and how mental health challenges are handled both within the department and beyond. He also spoke of some of the challenges facing regular citizens. Mental health issues are still on the rise around the nation, and KOFO is going to revisit those needs with a variety of people in different fields to talk about how it's affecting them and how we can help ourselves and others overcome. I'm Jeff Brewer, KOFO News.